action. Hello and welcome to episode 78 of The Average Critics, joined once again by Chris and Obi. How are you guys? I'm alright. Jay Huss is free, so I'm happy. Free Jay Huss. Indeed, it's yeah. happened. Although, I feel like I really need to go to a Drake concert, because so yeah. many times like he's brought out like really cool people. Yeah. Or, like, someone went to, um, I think it was a Fredo concert the other day, and, and he brought out Drake. I'm thinking, like, I want to go to, like, cause I went to, um, I think I went to a Stormzy concert. That was the last concert I went to, like, two years ago. And he didn't bring out anybody. And then, like, <laughs> you know, the next day, he brought out, like, Jay Huss and, um, and Rex Free 2. And I was like, fuck's sake, like, where are uh, you? <laughs> so pissed off. It's like when I went to Reading a couple of years ago and Giggs was playing, but he brought out Drake and like I wasn't <laughs> there for that day. I was like, why is Giggs bringing out Drake? <laughs> Makes no sense. But, uh, you know, he's championing the uh, the grime scene and rap scene in the UK, which is good. And he's also producing um, Top Boy Season 3. Have you seen the trailer? Uh, no, but it's you got watched... Dave in it, hasn't it? You watched Top Boy, then? I have done, yeah. I've watched the, the ones that a few years ago I quite liked it actually do you think Drake will cameo in it I hope so because it'd be really funny if you don't <laughs> I hope he puts on an English accent oh my god can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk some film news uh, so see Captain Marvel has passed a billion which that's like the fifth Avengers what, fifth MCU film to do so maybe sixth so uh, after what the three Avengers films uh, Black Panther and Iron Man 3 yeah. oh wait did Civil War not make a billion I did Civil War as well yeah so it's the seventh bloody hell okay so that's like a third of them have made over a billion it must be like one of the quickest to make a because it's only been out of like what a month yeah yeah billion, surely. yeah it's pretty quick and um, obviously that bodes very well for the future of the MCU, which we're still no clearer to knowing what it will be. But um, do you think they're going to be... A, well, they must have a Captain Marvel too, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure. Mm, I would as well. Now, they haven't announced it yet, though, have they? I swear by this time they announced a Black Panther 2. Yeah, I think it's just because of uh, Endgame, isn't it? I reckon once this phase is done, then they'll... Ah, true. Do you think um, the Fox merger has maybe impacted their future plans for the uh, MCU? Or do you think that they kind of knew this was on the cards anyway and so probably incorporated, you know, possibly rebooting Fantastic Four or some of the X-Men? I would say that they've probably incorporated this into their plans already because how long have we been talking about this merger? About a year yeah. and a half? Yes, a year and a half. And I reckon it was probably going on behind the scenes before that anyway. So, yeah. yeah, all like the people who are in the know there would have let, you know, Kevin Feige and all them not know that, yeah, this is what we're planning to do. And they would have either incorporated that into their plans or they would have had that set of plans and then another set of plans in case the moment didn't. You know, yeah. Oh, oh. You see that thing about Hugh Jackman? Apparently, no. uh, there's a room going Jackman's going to be in England. Um, what? Because there's a post that it was released Chris, in... now that you've said that, right? Yeah. Glenn? Yeah? Um, remember I was telling you... Uh, actually, not, don't worry. <laughs> go, go, go. Sure? Don't worry, yeah. Go, go. I'm confused. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. It's 
Sorry, Chris, go. Um, there's a poster. Uh, I don't know if it was done on April Fool's though. But there's a Russian poster, and it's got like names of celebrities at the top, but it's all in Russian. Apparently, one of them translates into Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I did. I did actually um, translate it myself, and it did not come off Hugh Jackman. So I don't know what they're chatting about, but yeah. I can't imagine that would happen, because um, I was reading something about the Fox merger and the properties that you know they've now got and all that sort of thing. Um, and one of the people writing about it, the journalist, mentioned something about, oh yeah, like Disney's X Men universe, which to me, I mean, obviously a lot of it's speculation, but they seemed to think that Disney might make the X-Men universe parallel to the MCU because obviously it's a fairly different universe in terms of mutants, you know, all of that thing. Like if they were to introduce that to the MCU, there's quite a lot of groundwork they'd need to do. Mm. What do you guys think? Um, I would say that they would have to make it parallel. However, you kind of got to make it parallel anyway because um, if things happen in X-Men, you would... And they're so catastrophic. You'd assume that the Marv- the other characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe should go and help out, i.e., similar to whenever something happens with Aquaman or something happens with Batman, why does the Superman just speed over there and fucking save them? So I think yeah. that's kind of what make it parallel. Because they also have had Quicksilver in the MCU, who is an X Man. Um, and I guess Scarlet Witch sort of is related to them as well. So I don't know, do you think maybe they. They could do like a alternate universe bit, and that's where the X Men are, or I don't know. I think that's definitely a possibility. But there's also what, well, what I think will probably happen if they are going to incorporate these two worlds is that in Endgame they're going to do some sort of time travel, you know, quantum realm. Apparently, the quantum realm like affects like the multiverse and stuff like that. So they're going to do some sort of fiddling in that in that region. And then we're going to get back to whatever present day is, and then suddenly it's just going to check. It's going to just going to have changed reality as we know it, and suddenly but, the mutants and uh, that's how I think they'll do it. To be honest, um, I think that'd work. I wouldn't mind if they did if they had separate universes, and then every now and again we get a little crossover. Yeah, I think that could work because you could have the bridging character be someone like Scarlet Witch if they continue, if she survives, or, you know, um, I guess there's a cosmic element to the Fantastic Four in the way that they traditionally get their powers. Um, so it'd be interesting, because I think Disney have confirmed that all of the Fox properties will now be somehow incorporated into under Kevin Feige, mm-hmm. um, whether that's MCU or whether that's TV shows on Disney+, Plus or whatever, we don't know. That includes Deadpool, although... Um, I think what they'll probably do is Deadpool have his continuous R-rated stuff and might cameo in like an X-Men thing, like in a PG-13 way, um, so as not to dilute his character too much. Um, and I think they've said that they will recast everybody apart from Ryan Reynolds. Um, so, you know, as in like the current uh, Fox X-Men people of Sophie Turner being Jean Grey and yeah i don't think they're gonna continue because fox said that dark phoenix is the end of that you know that's it 
Um, but interestingly enough, one of the properties that Disney said are still on their release slate for this year is uh, New Mutants. <laughs> um, so that that really surprised me because I think we even spoke about it a few weeks ago about how there's been no reshoots, yeah. um, even though they've been scheduled in. And, and the fact that it's on their cinematic release slate um, is interesting as well because people were theorizing it would probably just land on Netflix or something like that. So... I was quite pleasantly surprised about that because I was interested to see that film, um, especially with the small teaser trailer we got about three years ago. Uh, and then the other properties that they said they still are interested in pursuing are Alien, Kingsman, um, and uh, or Avatar. Um, so you just got to think like, you know, Fox, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, so it's Fox, isn't it? yeah so there's a lot of properties now and it's quite good that you know disney seem to have incorporated some of the fox board and a lot of their big properties they're like yeah we're not just gonna scrap them you know they're quite willing to have 20th century fox as their version of like r-rated content or maybe you know the less family-friendly thing that disney are, are vying for and i think that's probably quite a smart move um and they also seem to suggest that they'll keep fox searchlight which is like the Oscar bait arm of it. Um, yeah. So any any other thing you wanted to mention about the Disney Fox merger or any other film news that you guys have got? Um, I was just going to say that I hope that, um, I think we've said this before, but I do hope that they keep like, other, obviously if Disney have got their content, I hope they when they release other films that are of like, a sci-fi sort of nature, I do hope that they kind of keep tones, different tones it can get to a point where you feel like all the films that you're watching and saying talking to somebody yesterday about how they didn't like the Star Wars film because they felt like Marvel film and I was like I understand that um, obviously it's not the same for me because uh, I haven't watched any of the old ones so I haven't got anything to refer back to in terms of context um, but I do get the feeling that a lot of these Disney films do end up kind of samey I don't know if you guys feel yeah I think there is an element of that um, and I think again maybe the fact that they now have the Fox arm of it they can get different creative people's input because I guess if everyone works for Disney then they probably do have similar kind of training or ideas or whatever like you're not going to get someone with a really radical view of how to do a Star Wars film um, cause interesting Disney... can I, can I uh, make a quick point about that yeah so about those radical views things so I don't know if you guys even pay attention, but um, Zack Snyder did like a interview thingy uh, like last week or week before, and he was basically basically people were voicing their um, displeasure at the fact that um, Batman killed people in um, Batman v Superman, mm. and basically said like you to paraphrase like like you, if you think that superheroes aren't gonna you know kill people, you lot are living in a fucking dream world, blah blah blah. And a lot of people got really angry <laughs> at that comment because, you know, this, the conventional superheroes that you grow up knowing, are like one of their, most of them, their main rule is like, you don't kill people. And then I think Zack Snyder's tried to put like, obviously he's come with like a different creative uh, vision and said, yeah, we're going to try and add a bit of quote unquote realism into these movies. And then you do have, you know, Batman. Yeah. Not really well he his uh, original plan for superman was to have him 
um, basically become evil. So I'm sure I'm sure he would have been killing people in that that version of his films anyway. See, I could I don't think I'd have any ang- anger towards a bad Superman killing people. But then that that film would take a different turn, wouldn't it? Because then you would have the traumatic effects of Superman killing someone until set him in some way. Did Zack Snyder elaborate more on what his ideas for his Justice League film were? Yeah, so I think, so the way we know it, I think there was, he had an original script, which he never actually got to uh, film or anything, because one brother said, basically said, no, this is, this is like too risky or something like that. I can't, I, generally, I can't remember what that script was supposed to be. And then he had his version, which he, they did actually film, which people called the Snyder Cut, um, in which I think Superman, in that version, Superman's not really in it, and I think um, the Justice League face off against uh, I think it's Darkseid instead of uh, Steppenwolf. They did fight, and I think uh, at some point Justice League lose basically. So it's kind of like an Infinity War sort of thing. The Justice League lose in that film, and then Darkseid uh, boom tubes into the Batcave and kills Lois Lane, and then that sends Superman nuts, and then Superman starts destroying the Earth or whatever under the control of Darkseid. Which is where we get that nightmare scene from Batman v Superman. Um, so that so in this third film now, with I think I think in this version Wonder Woman's like dead. Uh, <laughs> Flash is um, uh, is fucked up. Cyb- Cyb- Cyborg is like half broken, and then they send Flash back in time to warn Batman about this whole debacle, and then eventually they come back and defeat Darkseid, which to me sounded pretty cool. And I would have liked them that. That would have been so much fucking better. Yeah, because like there was just so many inconsistencies about things that happened in Batman vs Superman that seemed to foreshadow something and were just never explored. Yeah. Oh, and also, and you know in um, you know in Justice League when, obviously they cut this out but, you know, in the trailer when Alfred says um, let's hope you're not too late to someone and we don't know who it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was supposed to be a Green Lantern. Oh my god. Yeah, because I think we, the- well, one of you theorised that um before we'd seen it because listening to the old podcasts yeah but uh, if obviously we say this now but he like i say it in theory thinking well oh, this would have been really cool and i too fair to him compared to Zack snyder um i was um not a big fan of his i did watch batman vs superman the ultimate edition and it is better than the uh, theatrical version, yeah. so i'll give him that but he might have i still don't well i haven't really rewatched Man of still i still don't think that was great I don't think Batman vs Superman is great. It's okay. So he like he could have put out his his version of Justice League, and it could have still been subpar. True. Would well, you want to briefly talk about the Ultimate Edition then? What what are the differences between the theatrical cut and this cut, and why do you think they were better? Um, I think it explains a bit more. It explains a bit more about the mother boxes and stuff like that, and Lex Luthor's um, scheming into, but like basically what Lex Luthor's plan is. It kind of helps with that a little bit. I feel like in the theatrical version, you don't really get much of an inkling as to why he he wants Superman and Batman to like fight each other. So yeah, I think it kind of just it just thickens the story out a little bit because one of my main gripes with Batman and Superman is that I thought the story didn't really make sense, and I thought the editing was really crap, and it just made it the film quite confusing. And I think this out version, which is about three hours, um, it helps the story to make sense. Um, I still don't like the fact that um, basically when Batman v Superman fight, although looking back at it, the fight is actually really cool. Um, I think the reason for them fighting 
doesn't really doesn't really carry weight because Superman doesn't really try hard enough to explain to explain the situation to Batman. They kind yeah. of just start kind of just start fighting for no reason. And I still think the reason for Batman not killing Superman is dumb. Like the whole Marvel thing, I think still think that's dumb. But overall, it's it's a decent film. It's not great. It's not shit. But it's you know it's alright. And have you seen the extended Suicide Squad cut yet? I haven't. I'm gonna watch it today. Okay. Um, because I read reports uh, earlier in the week that um. Ezra Miller has decided to step down as the Flash because the script that he wrote was rejected by Warner Brothers. Um, that follows apparently Ray Fisher no longer being Cyborg, um, Ben Affleck no longer being Batman, and Henry Cavill no longer being Superman, leaving just uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and um, Jason Momoa as Aquaman. So, Shazam. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I haven't seen Shazam yet, but does it link to the DCEU? Not directly, but in... in uh, well... Not directly, but in my opinion, anyway, not directly, but it's in that universe. Yeah. They make, it, they make a point at the end. They make a point, of, point to say that it's part of the universe. Okay, because I was going to say, like, do you think they're they're just sort of going to ditch this extended joint universe thing in favour of, you know, having a story about Shazam, a story about the Joker, which is not related to the Joker that we know from Suicide Squad, and we've got Suicide Squad's being rebooted as the Suicide Squad. So do you think they're just going to focus on individual stories now? Um, I'm going I think probably, yeah, but I don't mind that, to be honest, because at the end of the day, like you just want to see good films. It doesn't. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it really matters if like, stuff's connected because having everything all connected, but the films are shit. Like, what's the point? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have like four, five, six really good individual films, and then maybe somewhere down the line you decide to put them together. But to be honest, it doesn't. I'm not really that fast. Like, I've got my from Avengers. I've got my like team ups. You know, I've got my I've got my fulfillment in that area. Yeah, Chris, what what do you think, mate? What was that? that was it? Sorry. Did you yeah. Hear... yeah, do you did you hear what I just said? No, sorry. Oh, I was just asking Chris if he had any thoughts on that. One sec, Glenn, sorry. I'm telling you the site the site with this Skype it's like he sent me something. Oh, I haven't sent you anything. Someone said it's like it's like he sent me something. Fine. What were you asking, sorry, mate? Um, yeah, just your thoughts about um, about think, DC and individual films, and I, I have to agree with Obi, and I actually um, the thing is, they're doing like these individual films seem to be doing quite well. Like when they're not trying to play catch up, they do they do really really well. Like Wonder Woman was good, was a good film. Aquaman's apparently a good film as well. And my opinion of Shazam is that's a really good film. So I think if they just keep going like this and keep making these good films, then they can make a a, a joint film together. And to be honest, if it comes to five years' time and they've made loads of individual films, like they've made another Superman, they've made another Batman, they've made 
like Green Lantern or whatever they decide to make, they could probably just say that um, the Justice League that they had before was just and Batman vs Superman and the other basically the three films that they had prior to Big Connect. They could just say it's like not canon something to say. Yeah, I also think you know I feel like before Iron Man came out. I didn't really know of many kind of Marvel superheroes. Like you had the Spider-Man films, but Spider-Man had its own like villains and stuff. And, you know, that was like the amazing Spider-Man and blah, blah, blah. But I feel, feel like I knew more DC characters, but to me, they all felt quite siloed. So you had Batman and then within Batman, you've got so many like iconic villains that you could play with. So for me, I don't even think there's a necessity to have him team up with superman because you know batman you've got robin you've got like you said was it nightwing and like people that they're the sort of thing they're exploring in titans you've got so many villains that they could tease and introduce that i think if they just sort of did each hero as their own have their own franchise with you know the key villains you know we haven't seen the riddler in a while we haven't seen at least not in film version or like penguin or mr freeze or, you know, Superman, you've got, like, so many. Like, I just think maybe that would be a better approach. Mm. Yeah, I agree, to be honest. And I think that's I think that's the approach that they are taking, because obviously we've got, you know, Shazam. I, I think doesn't really directly link into any DCU stuff. Then obviously, yeah, the Joker film, Harley Quinn film, and Suicide Squad, and which they're rebooting. So I think they are heading in that direction as a... Because I, I don't know, I just feel like they rushed it at the start and they tried to just kind of like copy Marvel. Whereas now I think they're just trying to kind of like do their, go their own path, which is better. Because I'm not going to be funny, but it's very rare that you're going to be able to emulate the success of uh, Marvel. Especially about doing the brown work, which they didn't do. Yeah. So what do you guys think of the trailer then for Joker? The one with, um... oh shit, what's his name? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I liked it actually. Um... One, obviously, I think it's going to be like quite like a, a dark film. So like one of the lines he says is like, um, I thought my uh, life was a tragedy, but it turns out it's a comedy or something like that. And I feel like that's going to be like one of the underlying tones of the film, where yeah, like yeah. things that are happening are actually going to be like quite uh, disastrous. But obviously, in his mind, it's going to be like, you know, like an enjoyable thing happening. And I think you get the, I think there was like a freeze frame of, there's one thing he's right he's writing on like a pen um, like a pad of paper basically he's talking about his mental health and it was like something along the lines of um one of the worst things about mental health is that people expect you not to people expect you to act like you don't have it don't have issues with it or something like that and then there was in the circle of the don't there was like a smiley face so that's like the whole smile thing uh-huh. Like and he started touching his lips, didn't they? Yeah. And putting the cage smiles all the time. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a connection to like between like him and his mental health, which I'm assuming is going to deteriorate as the film uh, as the film goes goes on. But one thing I am not sure how I feel about is that is this film going to make me feel sorry for him? Because I don't really want think I want to feel sorry for the Joker. Yeah, that's true. Because I've agree? I've read that. Mm. They, they're sort of it's going to be like a portrait of someone's losing their sanity and you know yeah like you said it, it's hard not to feel 
sympathy for that character or if you're made not to feel sympathy for him do you really want to watch an entire film about a person that you end up having no empathy for so i think i think the trailer looked really interesting and i think joaquin phoenix would do a great job because i think he's a very good actor um but yeah i'm interested you know what tone they're going to go for will it be a dark comedy or will it be straight up like drama thriller horror i don't know you know that it's interesting that they got Todd Phillips to direct it because he did The Hangover. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I am interested to see it, though. Um, and apparently there is a cameo of um, Bruce Wayne in it. Um, oh, I was going to ask. So in the trailer, he there's like a little boy and he, Bucky Phoenix, like kind of like grabs his lips and makes him smile. Sort of things. Like, there was a rumour going on that that boy's, little boy's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that's what I heard. Mm. I don't know if, again, like... Going for two hours. Just, we don't know how old Joker is. Yeah. Especially in this, this universe. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think it's definitely going to be... There's one thing I like about uh, DC is that I feel like they're not afraid to just shift tones. And like, the one thing that I knock Marvel for, even though I love Marvel films, is that they do end up with films that are pretty much sim- like, quite similar. Whereas yeah. DC, like, you've got... Uh, if you... I'm assuming, obviously, I haven't watched it yet, but if you take Shazam and then you take the, the Joker film, like, they're going to... And even uh, contrast that with um, the Wonder Woman film, there's three films that, you know, tonally are completely different and which are all, well, I'm assuming, hopefully going to be quite good. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like, again, not having this interconnected model just mean that, you know, they can spend less money on a Joker film. Like, maybe, I don't know what the budget of this is, like, 20 million just means that it doesn't have to make a billion dollars to to be successful. They can make it darker, aimed at adults or whatever, and it's not that much of a risk. Um, would you guys want to talk about Shazam then? Um, I, I don't mind if you go into spoilerific detail because um, I will watch it, but, you know, I, I, I'm um, happy for you to talk about it. I think we can talk about it without spoiling it, to be honest, because there's, oh, there's not really a lot to spoil. Maybe at the end, mm. but apart from that, there's not really a lot to Majority of spoilers stuff is ending. Yeah, and so like we can avoid that. Pretty much everything that you see in the trailers, what happens yeah. in the film. So yeah, Shazam. Um, so I'll just say my overall thoughts. I really enjoyed it personally. I've seen it twice now. And oh okay. I that um, I think that maybe it's definitely really it's like it's light-hearted. I think apart from a couple scenes, it's pretty family-orientated yeah. and like a family could go and see it. Apart from maybe like one scene in particular. I think it's completely out of tone with the, with the rest of the film. Um, I actually want to talk about that, actually. I'm going to talk about that quickly. It's kind of funny. So, the film in general, like, there's loads of jokes, like, you know, it's really light-hearted, you know, and then there's just one scene where the bad guy, I can't remember his name, uh, Sal, Sal, Salvatore, something like that, um, he, basically, he goes to his dad's company <laughs> and kills everybody, right? And, um, he gets this, so his powers to do the seven deadly sins, and he's basically come out in the form of monsters. And basically, he unleashes all these monsters and all these boring people. He chucks his own brother out a window, um, and then one of the seven deadly sins literally bites a guy's head off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think I, I read on Wikipedia that the um, the person who directed it, I think it's David Ayer, and um, he's like a horror film director. It's uh, David S. Sandberg. Oh, that's it, David, yeah. Yeah, so, David yeah. Ayer did Suicide Squad. Ah, yeah. He's, um, so yeah, he's more of a horror film guy. 
And I was thinking that's definitely his like horror background coming through. And yeah. I was, although that scene, like don't get me wrong, is is I think it's pretty cool and it's really good, but it's completely out of tone with the rest of the film. But yeah, <laughs> I don't to talk about that. But yeah, uh, Chris, what do you think of that? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it actually. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Zachary Levy anyway with his um previous work, I Chuck. Um, I thought the actor choices were pretty good as well actually. Yeah. Um, so quite, it is light-hearted, but there's a proper deep moment in the film. And it's like, oh, there's actually scumbags in this oh, world. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. proper scumbags. Mm. Like, but I saw that. I won't say it. I saw it coming. Okay. Like, big time. Saw that coming. Okay. I so. I thought it would be going in a different direction. Okay. But yeah, you know. So this is basically about um basically about Fred uh, about um Billy Batson's like living situation. And I thought it would have gone in a different direction, but with the same result. But the way they okay. ha- the way they handled it, um it's kinda harsh, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't really I didn't really expect it. Yeah. I think I think that um the kid who plays uh, uh, Billy Batson, uh, Asher Angel, who looks so much like Arya Stark, it's unreal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was him and him and Freddie, um, his uh, foster brother, their like chemistry, and obviously Freddie and uh, Zach Zachary Levi's connection, like their chemistry, I think makes the film. Yeah, because okay. like, the funnest parts of the film is basically when they're trying to find out what uh, Shazam can and can't oh, do. No, yeah. And I think that's where most of like the uh, the comedic points come off, and where you're having the most fun in the film. And then you flash that in with like the little bits of his family, like the little girl who plays Dala is absolutely adorable. Um, his mum and dad are like, I think that's to be honest, I think the whole family, I think they nailed it to be yeah, honest. They did like, that and I'm not normally the biggest fan of like child actors. But I think they all did. Obviously, they didn't all have like loads and loads of lines, but yeah. you know, it was, it was pretty good. Um, okay. What do you think about the villain? Not sure. I like the guy who, who acted him. Not sure. Yeah, and I thought he did really well, like having the characteristics of the villain. However, the villain itself, I thought, was a bit, I don't know, a bit tame. Mm. There's moments where he could definitely just kill Shazam. Mm. Or, yeah, Shazam. He didn't. And I was just like, what, what are we fucking about here for? But, I um, think it's... but he's obviously part of the movie, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think. The main reason he didn't kill him is because he wanted to get his powers, powers before, are, yeah, true, true, before true. he killed him. Yeah. How... Oh? Go on, sorry. No, 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 go on, Chris. No, that's right. I was going to say, how does the film meld the comedy with action scenes? Does it work? Uh, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. argue there's not loads of action in the, in the film. No, it's, it's quite... It's like there's a lot of storytelling, and then it's suddenly like click action starts happening like quite a lot of it in a short space of time okay um which i don't mind there's nothing 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 wrong with it i don't feel that i didn't 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 think the film was rushed at all um probably could have actually could have actually done being a little bit longer yeah maybe a bit more like a bit more of a time frame between um billy and that depressing moment yeah Billy and that that family moment. I don't want to give too much away, but so like it just one thing happened and another thing happened, and then they went somewhere else, and then they went somewhere else, and then the whole event happened, and it was like oh wow. So yeah, and yeah, there's um, it's it's, no, it's really interesting though. 
Um, Back yeah. when this film was announced, which I think was 2017, there was a simultaneous announcement that Dwayne Johnson was playing Black Adam, and there was a lot of reports that Black Adam would feature in this film. Mm. Does he? No. no. Not, e- not even in like a post-credit? No. I would say there is in, well, from what I've uh, yeah. read online, there is a little Easter egg towards uh, a Black Adam possibly appearing in the future. And also, I'm pretty sure I saw in the end credits that Dwayne Johnson was one of the executive producers on this film. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. He, I wouldn't be surprised if he made an appearance in a sequel, if we do get one, which I'm assuming we will. Isn't isn't one of the post-credit scenes linked to him? Um, maybe, but I don't know anything about that character. No, neither do I. So... Like, that, was fucking <laughs> that threw me off so much. Yeah, maybe. But, um, does, it, does it set up for a sequel then? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay. And would you be happy to see one? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Although, although, they must trick carefully with the sequel, because of what happened, what happened at the end. I feel like the sequel would be well constructed. Okay. Because I feel like they could go really right, badly wrong with this. Yeah. And there could be too many different dynamics at work, if that okay. makes sense. I feel like a sequel they need, because I think we didn't get a full exploration of what Shazam do. Do, yeah. So I think um, in a sequel, I think they need to uh, basically let us know. Basically, we need to know if he's got more uh, unlocked potential, like more things he can yeah. they can achieve. The one thing about uh, how the film kind of ends is that I think they could have saved it for for a sequel. I yeah. think, and I I would argue I would argue that um, um, they probably only put it in there because. Weren't sure if they were gonna if they would get a sequel. sequel yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think if they were adamant they would, then I think the film could have gone would have gone the slightly different direction. Yeah. But um, I don't really mind. Okay. Um, you've put on the notes next to Shazam diversity. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Massive diversity. So isn't there? there was there are people I think very uh, uh, with people who are arguing online that um, that Panther has more diversity in it than Shazam. And I don't know if, if these people don't know the definition of diversity, but <laughs> Black Panther's got majority only black people and what, two white people in it? Yeah. And everyone else, everybody else is black. Exactly. Shazam, his foster family alone, like I think the dad is, I want to say like Hawaii, like yeah. that sort of descent. The mum's yeah. Latina. Yeah. Um, I think the girl's white, she might be Latina. One of the daughters is um, one of the sons, Pedro, he's obviously Mexican. Um, yeah, got, there's an Asian son, uh, uh, African-American daughter, yeah. um, Freddie's white, Billy Bats is white. Like, that film is littered with, <laughs> with yeah. diversity. And I just quite found it odd that there are people who were saying basically that, you know, Black Panther was more diverse. Even though in the fact that, in a way it is, because obviously it's a film, it was film starring Black people, which you don't see very often. But in terms of the actual definition of diversity, Shazam is much more diverse. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Although, from my very limited understanding of Shazam, having not seen it, aren't all of the main characters white? Is that true? Uh, I suppose main characters, yeah. Well, well if you say, or, I would say the, wizard, the wizard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't question him as a main character. He's, a main he's in it in the beginning, and then that's, that's pretty much it. But yeah, the wizard, the wizard who gives Billy the power is, is black. Oh, okay. He was, he was also in um, Captain Marvel, actually. Yeah. Um, I didn't really, I didn't, do you know what? From the trailer, 
I couldn't tell he was black. Neither could I. And I was Neither like, when, it, when he came up, I was like, I didn't recognise you in the trailer. And, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. It's cool. Like, it's not, obviously, it's not going to change anything about it, but mm. yeah, it was just interesting, really. But, um, yeah, but yeah, I would say that probably the main... main yeah. yeah but, then, but then the next film, they'll have a really diverse main cast. So. Oh, well, that's good. That's great that, yeah. you know, it, it's, I guess from the way you've described it it's just, it's just presented as like yeah this is a thing it's not like you know massive deal made out of it it's just like this is a family made up of many I different feel, components i feel like that i'm surprised there's not more controversy about the how um stereotyped it was oh, okay like they put the asian child as like pretty intelligent when he's at computers and stuff like that kind of thing I feel like that was a bit yeah. stereotype, but then it was. But they did it. It was funny. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like seriously funny, kind of thing. Yeah. You see what I mean? But I but I, I mean, it didn't bother me. Like, it doesn't faze me. I'm just surprised more people haven't. If they're if they're going to pick up another thing, I don't think that really. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, yeah, I like it. And also the Thaddeus, um, his dad. Is the dad of Lex Luthor in the Smallville series? One thing, do you know what, actually, quickly, one thing that I thought was a bit rubbish is that um, the opening of the film is in 1974, right? And you see uh, Thaddeus, the, the villain, basically, as a young boy, and you see his brother and his dad. Um, and then when the film fast forwards 40 odd years later, um, obviously Mark Strong's a fully grown man, um, he looks way older than his supposed brother and he looks the same age as his supposed dad who I'm sure at this point should be about 80 years old yeah. but looks about, <laughs> about 45 they like, definitely didn't do the age yeah, they well. could have just given him a bit of grey hair you know yeah. a few wrinkles or something but they just left him pretty much the same as he looked in 1974 <laughs> a couple greys but yeah that was a bit stupid but... yeah that was a little weird um, and then obviously one thing that I did like actually is I think I liked, quite like the origin of the of the villain so like uh, I'll give this. I'm going to tell you this because it's not really a spoiler. So, like, uh, the beginning of the film, um, uh, the wizard, uh, who, Shazam. Sh- Shazam, yeah, is looking for a champion, basically, who he can give his powers to. And one of the people he picks is um, Thaddeus, whatever the fuck his name is. So, Thaddeus Savat? Something like that. Yeah. So, he picks him to say, um, you know, I want to give you this power, but you have to prove that you are um, pure of heart and strong of will or something like that. And basically he fails the test and right. uh, gets sent back to, you know, regular earth where, um, you know, his dad is a bit of a, his dad's, he's got a shit dad, shit brother, like his family doesn't really like uh, appreciate him or yeah. anything. And that kind of like drives him to become this evil villain. So he kind of spends the rest of his life trying to get back to, that wizard and trying to access that power and i like how that moment of when he was a little child drove him to become the villain in the film yeah however i would have maybe liked to have had a little bit more of his background um, even though we do we do get good context of how he um does become the villain but i would have liked to have uh, been told a little bit more about how how much he obsessed over it sort of thing in yeah. his life to get to that point of where he was basically like nuts yeah, kind of just, he was there obsessed, wasn't he? Mm. So how does this villain rank within previous DC villains? Mm. And would you argue 
as another point yeah. that um, would you maybe say that DC villains are better than Mar- Marvel villains or the other opposite? Um, so let me speak. So we've got Ares, uh, terrible Zod, terrible uh, Doomsday. Yeah. He's probably yeah. he's, quite, well, he's a decent villain, but yeah. he didn't really he has no context behind him, really, yeah. does he? Lex Luthor, I thought it was okay, but you know, people think he's doing Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf, and uh, in that film, Superman was a better villain. Yes, and all, all in that command, who I think was alright actually. So I'd say, yeah, what enchantress? Fuck that. <laughs> so that's what I me. Mean, that's two hours, and I think he's a, he, this guy's decent villain. So that's like three out of seven. Seven, yeah. So not great ratio, to be honest. Yeah. I would say he's probably. Uh, I think I prefer Orm to him, personally. Uh, when you say Orm, what about? Uh, like Manta. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, was, it was kind of a villain, I guess, but like he was kind of only really a distraction, I would say. Okay. I suppose you could have him in there. Yeah. You know, he was he was he was alright. Okay. Um but yeah, I think the best one is uh shit, what's the Stephen Wolf. No, not Stephen. <laughs> um Lex Luthor, I think is the best one personally. Yeah. He probably like I don't I didn't like the guy playing Lex Luthor, but as the villains go, he probably was the best one. Yeah. Although three out of seven is quite good, considering if you were to say of the twenty-two Marvel films, how many villains were good? That's no. fair point. No, we, no cause, Glenn, you wanna, I was going to say, Glenn, do you want to quickly segue into that conversation we had earlier? Yeah, I was, I was actually, yeah, I was lining that up. So, 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 so during the week, Obi messaged me and was like, "Top five Marvel villains." Was that, was that how you framed Basically, it, or? Yeah, only because I was reading the list and somebody had Thanos at number five. Right. Right. Yeah, and and didn't they did this? You say they had um the guy from Iron Man two was like yeah, Tristan Hammer is number four. I was like what? Like, what? <laughs> That's horrendous. That's horrendous. So I think if you and I Ob say our top five, and then Chris, you can have an opportunity to think of maybe who your top five um yeah. Marvel villains would be. Um, and I think I was sort of. By the time I got to like four or five, I was sort of reaching um, a little bit. Mm. So I think I initially put Hela fifth, but then you reminded me about Killmonger. So I would put Killmonger um, definitely in the top five. Um, And just trying to get the conversation up because I've forgotten. Um, Now we're talking about Aguero. Nope. So I would put Cap from... uh, the uh, um, Civil War as fourth. Um, well, but Carson Cap is a villain, right? Yeah, he's a villain. Personally, like, I, said, go, I, think go, go I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. I said, though. go off, mate. Like, I said, like, a bit of a stretch. I personally don't think he's a villain. I don't think he's a villain. You could maybe argue anti hero. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can put him as a villain. I, I kind of did put that just to trigger OB, but. Yeah, I knew it. That's why I didn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't buy it. I was fishing. You didn't buy it. Um, so, and then I put Winter Soldier third, um, and then Loki second, and Thanos obviously way out ahead in first. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know. Loki might be second, though. He's just. Yeah. So, do you know what? I, for me, so I had. My fifth was a bit hazy, but I had Thanos one, Loki two, Killmonger three, and uh, Bucky four. Bucky from Soldier three. Um, 
Um, I think the, the reason you have you've got to have Thanos top is because he actually did what he set out to do. Whereas Loki has never once actually got the better of yeah, <laughs> Thor true, or any true, of the Avengers. True, true. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think and your fifth was Obadiah from Iron Man One. Oh, oh yeah, I like I, him. Yeah, yeah I that's I yeah. I, I think I just like that character. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd have Obadiah, Thanos, Loki. This isn't in any order. It's just. Stormonger and... Ella. Oh, shit, guys. Stormonger 2. Whiplash. <laughs> Whiplash. Um, I mean, there have been some terrible villains. Like, who was the one from um, Thor The Dark World? Um, Malekith? Yeah, that's it. He was pretty bad. I think <laughs> even like Red Skull wasn't amazing. Red Skull was fairly decent. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. I just I think, um, the one from Captain Marvel was red though. Yeah, I, I did think about putting him in, but I thought it was too recency biased to be honest. I just don't think he's that. I, I want to put him in. He's not really. He, he is a villain, but he's not. Like, it wasn't. Yeah, there's no really. like sinister or malice. Or I don't know. Uh, but, um... I think it was alright. I thought, um... What was he called again? From what? Captain Marvel? No, uh, Spider-Man. Oh, Vulture. Vulture, oh, that's it. it. I thought he was decent. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to sort of... If I may, segue into talking about the little one-minute-long teaser that Endgame released alongside the fact that you can now pre-book tickets. <laughs> Chris just rolled his eyes because he's not happy about that trailer. <laughs> no, and I want to discuss this because in our pod, like our uh, group chat, we've discussed about spoilers within trailers. Mm. And I think I agree with both of you in the fact that these Avengers trailers have seemingly spoiled a fair bit. Um... I read somewhere that if we take all of the trailers and TV spots for Endgame and assume that they haven't misdirected us at all by putting in footage that either won't ever be in the film or they've edited backgrounds or blah, 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 which they did do for Infinity War, assuming all that footage is from the film, we've seen just over 1% of the entire film. So you can argue that still a lot of content we haven't seen, but... You've got things like finding that um, Tony Stark is on Earth, whereas, you know, at the beginning of the film, you presume he's still in he's still in the ship or still on Titan. Um, you've got kind of team ups like you see Nebula in action. You see um, you've got uh, Hawkeye, which, again, like people probably assume that he was in it, but, you know, he's not in Infinity War, so... You don't know whether he dies in the snap. You've got the fact that, I mean, in the posters, they've killed off Shuri. Um, and also, I guess, most egregiously, that in the latest TV spot, you see Thanos. And I don't know, for me, that's one of the biggest ones because you don't really know. You, he, I might I might have thought he was just chilling on, you know, wherever he was. Um, that, that line he delivered was cold, though. What did he say? He said something like, um, "Ah, oh, shit! Wait, no, keep talking. I'm gonna try and find it because I, I don't want to. I don't want to paraphrase. I want to get it right." 
Okay. But Chris, yeah. Oh, no, so, so Chris, you, you've got kind oh. of a big issue with, with this. Um, do you want to discuss it? Uh, let Obi say his line first. Oh, okay. Sorry. Got it, yeah. He said, you could not live with your own failure. And where did that bring you? Back to me. I think that's <laughs> what's the game the guy who plays it? Josh Brolin. He is, like, his line delivery is absolutely fantastic, I think. Or the writing's fantastic, either yeah, one. Yeah. Oh, that's such a, it's such a good line. I, I agree with Crystal, I didn't like it. I only, I've only liked the first trailer, personally. Mm. The first trailer was good because it had so many open doors with yeah. unanswered questions and shit. Because we, we, we're all expecting a major character to die. You're thinking, fuck me, if Tony Stark dies in the first ten minutes... Even... Even even in that first trailer when he says and he's talking to well we should be talking to Pepper and he says sometimes part of the journey is the end yeah. and you think shit that's a bar like that's yeah, a, that's, that's, a, it, that's, that's it, a good it, line yeah, and then fucking... you just find out the, the bastards alive yeah <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah and then was the second was the second trailer which I was again a bit like perplexed why they did it but I suppose they they do it so because it's nearer the time and um, I think it was introduced Captain Captain Marvel, Marvel as well yeah. wasn't it yeah. but again. Not necessary. Not really necessary. Um, it kind of like I don't know. But the third one is just so ridiculous because not only do we now know that Tony Stark's back on Earth, he we now know he's made up with um, Captain America. They're both gonna do something together. One of them's gonna sacrifice himself. They trust each other. Kind of bullshit. They're going into the quantum realm. They're going into the quantum realm. Um, do what? Go back in time. We don't know. Mm. There's several things that in these trailers we didn't need. We didn't need to see Iron Man back on Earth. We didn't need to see the quantum suits. Because the Paul Rudd thing, where he's on the screen and he's saying, hello, hello, that was good enough for everyone. Mm, I agree. Because everyone yeah, was like, 100%. maybe they'll use the quantum realm. How did you get out of the quantum realm? Blah, 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 blah. What year is it? Now we know it's it could be year day dot or it could be five years' time because they look like they changed their look a little bit. It's just like, it was just so unnecessary. And Nebula looks like she's about to attack someone. Who's that? Thanos, probably. Then Ant-Man's got a little adventure with a pencil to go. Like, it's like obviously going on. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. They, sorry, I mean, no, yeah, yeah. they did say, well, I've heard, apparently they said, the producers said that trailers haven't shown anything past the first 30 minutes. We've got to buy that. I um, I can see that. Yeah, I do. I also think they have misdirected us. I hope so. um, they, they, they already said this from Red Herring. I really oh, okay. Because I... How many Red Herrings are there? That's my thing. Because I would have said, okay, I can live with the second trailer because there's Red Herring. So I could be like, well, maybe they CGI'd Iron Man in there. Maybe he's actually not there. Mm. But now they've had the handshake between Iron Man and Tony. And unless, of course, it's like a dream or it's a, it's a thing they wish could have happened. I was hoping that maybe it's Thanos using that, uh, what's the stone? Reality stone. The reality stone. Maybe. Ah. Maybe. Um, I was going to say, do you think, so they're, they're in the, that last trailer, there's a little shot of them all getting in a spaceship, but they're not in quantum suits. Do you think maybe they're going to get that um, mould for the Infinity Gauntlet so they can make their own, maybe? Potentially. Um, I also saw that there's a shot in, in the last trailer where Thanos' ship is hovering in front of a planet, which is, people have said is um, Xandar, which is the planet that is decimated before 
kind of off screen before Infinity War starts um, when he gets the first Infinity Stone. So there is speculation that there will be a flashback to seeing how he actually uh, destroyed Xandar. Um, and that was maybe something that they'd cut out of Infinity War. Um, which I think is interesting because I was sort of like, I liked the fact that it started with him already having one, but I was also sort of like, damn, that would have been quite a good battle to watch. Yeah. Um, I also am increasingly worried that the way they're going to resolve everything is literally by reversing time. And I think that's going to be such a cop-out. Um you think they're going to reverse time? Yeah, or like go back in time and stop him from ever getting... You know, I just feel like that, to me, is the most uh, obvious way to do it. Mm. And if it's the most obvious way to do it, kind of with, like, Game of Thrones, it's sort of like, I don't want what I've thought might happen to come true. I want them to completely left, you know, take me left field like they did with Infinity War. Um and I want it, you know, I just feel like it'd be maybe lazy writing or, I don't know. I hear that. I, I completely agree. And I said earlier on Twitter that I think that if everything just goes back to the way it was, then I think it's a pointless film, in my, in my, in my honest opinion. And it would really disappoint me. And I feel like at least, well, for me personally, I feel like at least two important characters need to die, like permanently be dead, personally. For the film to actually like does, mean something. Does Hawkeye count as, as a? Yeah, not really. Sorry, I can, see, really. I can see him and, and a proper main character dying. Yeah. I need also, one also, I'm also wondering, who else, do we anticipate any other villains being a part see, of this I, film? I read a thing that there might be a secondary villain. Because Thanos says all of his cronies died in Infinity War, so. To have Thanos be the only threat for three hours and two minutes, I don't know. I feel like there needs to be... Well, he was the only threat for three hours of the last film, no? Well, no, because you had, like, Ebony Moore, you had, like, the other characters that distracted some of the team. When you've got, like, all the Avengers that are left, plus Captain Marvel, plus Ant-Man and Hawkeye against Thanos, I don't know. It's, It's just... I, I anticipate that they'll probably bring someone else in. Maybe even... Te- do we anticipate them teasing the Phase 4 Big Bad? I don't know. Phase 4, I think, would come at the very end, or there'll be little Easter eggs, and at the very end it'll be prominent. I think it depends what route they go, really, because in the original storyline, story Thanos doesn't do it for... Thanos doesn't do it for the love of his universe. He does it for the love of death. He does it for the entity death, and we haven't been approached by that kind of side of it. And whether Hela is that entity, I don't know as well. I assume she's not. Um, we could also see, like, I don't know, you've got there's loads of things though, can you? Like, you could always have that Adam Warlock come along that they never really did anything with Guardians. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think there needs to be a secondary villain, but then if they're going to go back in time. They're probably going to face old nemesis, Nemesis, Nemesis. I don't know. They're going to come against them anyway, and that will come probably take up a chunk of it. Um, my biggest worry for this film, actually, 
and someone has speculated that this is going to happen and I don't like it and maybe maybe it's just me but someone has speculated that everyone is stored in the soul stone and I don't mind that that's fine but someone says they reckon they're going to figure out a way of getting out of the soul stone and if they do I just find that so redundant and stupid because I just think well what what is, this soul stone isn't all that powerful then is it if someone can break out from mm. within well, plus uh, like a soul is not a physical thing really like would a soul be able to physically break out of something like i don't know like to me it seems like the soul would need a body i don't know mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know i just i do have some concerns about this because infinity was so great that to follow it up again i'm like how are they even going to do that um yeah, just say quickly sorry um I was just rethinking about Infinity War and I have to, it pays me to say it because I love the first Avengers, but it pays like, Infinity War is the best Marvel film. Yeah. Put that in. Yeah. What if Thanos wins at the end of Endgame? Oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Endgame, automatically number one. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine? Like, and, oh, mate. I kind of want that to happen now. Um, Team Thanos, isn't it? Um, hey, would you cl- would you class it a win if Thanos managed to kill a few of them, even, even if they reverse time? I, I mean, I was gonna say I don't like his his thing is not to kill the Avengers. His thing is just to wipe out half of the universe, and he has already done that. So I would argue that if by the end of Endgame, half of humanity is not dead, but only a few of the Avengers are. Then I would class that as a loss. True. How political do you think this is going to get? Because imagine if they did this thing and then we do like a skip for five years. And I know we saw the Paul Rudd thing where there's posters up everywhere about missing people. But imagine if they showed a world where humanity's thriving. Humanity's thriving. On the resources, the resources they've got, and there's no like global warming yeah. thing and stuff like that. I'd be like, whoa, they've I just was, got oh, super man. political with this. I was and it's deep. Yeah. That would and actually I, be really good. It would. And then my thing as well is if they get the glove and they reverse everything, which is fortunately the likely scenario here, are they going to reverse literally everything Thanos has done in his life and bring back more of those people and all this stuff? Because then they've overpopulated the world as well and they could cause even more calamities. Yeah. And then you would argue that, like, if they managed to have the power to reverse time, would they not reverse all the way back and save? The people that died on Sokovia from Age of Ultron, and the people that you know, all the you know, Quicksilver, and, and anyone else that they've with great lost. Work, great responsibility. Yeah, I just wonder, you know, or would they there somehow be a limitation? There's a that... lot of politics to these things, and I think if done right, they can they can make it so the Avengers actually look quite bad. Because if you think about it, the Avengers are like obviously they want to save everything. If Thanos has then done good with what he's set his goal as. And then the Avengers reverse it, and then the whole world is in like dire need of like more shit. <laughs> then they're gonna be like, "Whoa, this is deep." But then yeah. We'll come along and eat everything. So. <laughs> I wonder if the main key Avengers will somehow take an Infinity Stone each, and so like like we've theorized a few times, Captain America will take the Time Stone, or no the whatever one that will allow him to go back to the 60s or 40s and, and live out his life with Peggy Carter. What about poor old Sharon? Don't 
don't know. Oh, you got <laughs> um, can I just ask? So, friend of the pod, Tom Affiard, asked a question. Oh. So, this is what I asked you yesterday. So, we were talking about, in the group chat, we were talking about um, Captain Marvel and how powerful she is in comparison to like, the other Avengers mm-hmm. and Thanos. And uh, he asked, um, because um, Captain Marvel is powered by the Tesseract, does that mean that she can only be one-fifth of the power of Thanos? That is a very, very good question. Um, I would say I would say that maybe the Tesseract was part of her power but she probably has her own like inner power mm. somehow because um, there was also in Captain Marvel weren't they saying that she got some of her abilities from kind of the experiments or things that they've done to her to like adapt her um because she got the initial blast of energy from the Tesseract, but then doesn't Yon Rog make a point of saying that, oh yeah, we taught you this, or we did this to you? And yeah. So I would say it's a very good question. I wonder if maybe the fact that Thanos has the power of the Tesseract would mean that he can either control certain parts of her, or maybe she can control certain parts of him. Mm. Because if the Tesseract, you know, she has part of that inside her, then maybe she has some control over that. And vice versa. I was just going to say, my only point was that um, we, well, I don't, if I'm wrong, correct me, but do we actually know that all of these um, Infinity Stones are equal in power? Oh, that's a good point. No. And my point was that the Tesseract isn't the Infinity Stone. The Infinity Stone is within the Tesseract. Ah, that is also a very good point. So... Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, how long have we got now? Just over three, just under three weeks until it comes out. I don't know. No, just don't know. Like, yeah, just under three 20, weeks. 25th of April, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god. The hype is real. <laughs> huh? We're going to get to play. Oh, I'm so Um, Do you guys want to talk any more about. <laughs> Too emotional, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> Do you want to talk any more about superhero-related stuff, or should we divert onto... Um, so, did you, did you talk about earlier about Suicide Squad and how... No, um, so, Idris Elba has said that he will not take the role of... Um, Deadshot. Deadshot. He says, oh, really? In respect to Will Smith, he will not take the role of Deadshot, but he will play another character if they want him to. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and apparently uh, Viola Davis is going to reprise her role. I'm very surprised at that. Um, <laughs> I'm so really? Yeah, apparently. And I think Margot Robbie said she was going to reprise her role as well. So this is like a soft reboot? Confirmed for it as well. Yeah, so it's not a f- straight up reboot, it's just a soft one. I don't one. think it's a storyline reboot. I don't think it's a character reboot. Oh, okay. I think they do, do well not to recast Will Smith's character. I think some. I, I mean, it's not not their fault that he's got um, scheduling issues, but I don't want to confuse people. There's a lot going on that they're gonna they can cause confusion with. I don't think that a uh, a recasting really is confuse people, but, but I just think that don't like Deadpool. Deadshot isn't like, necessary for a suicide. Yeah, like, if you're doing Justice League and then you recast. Batman or something like that, that would be like a more major impact, yeah. you know what I mean? 
but like you can do Suicide Squad without without Deadshot. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's not 100%. a big, it's not a big deal. And um, yeah, because I think that I think I said when uh, they announced that he should play somebody, I hope he, I'd rather he did play a different character. Only because I like Will Smith, maybe in some time in the future he might do something. But I think that uh, he's a good, that he's at the level of this what these films are. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think. But okay. whereas I'm so, so surprised that Viola Davis is going to be in it. Uh, I think if she's going to be in it, she must have a much bigger role than she did the first one. Um, and even rather robbery, I think it's going to be nice. I don't know why she's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, moving away from superheroes, if I may, um, yeah. I saw Dumbo. Anyone else seen it? I've seen it, yeah. Okay, so Dumbo is the latest quote-unquote live-action remake from Disney of one of their beloved animated properties. Um, I must admit I have never seen the animated Dumbo film, um, Mm -hmm. but I know the general gist that it's about a flying elephant. Um, So this is Tim Burton's remake or reimagining of it, uh, and it follows Colin Farrell's Holt, He's part of a circus family. Um, he's lost his wife and he also lost his arm in the war. Um, and he, it's about, you know, him managing his children, the loss of his arm, which means that he's lost his kind of status in the circus. You've also got Danny DeVito's circus master who's struggling financially. Um, you know, their star acts, they're not drawing the audience in. He buys an elephant, which gives birth to Dumbo, uh, which, again, they sort of dismiss because his large ears makes him clumsy. But then Holt's children realise that uh, if Dumbo, you know, he likes feathers and this causes him to sneeze, which causes him to fly. So uh, you have, you know, then interest around Dumbo. Michael Keaton's character purchases Circus, and he has some evil intentions. So, what did you think of the film overall, Ob? Um, I thought it was fine, but <laughs> <laughs> it might be because you know I'm a fully grown man. Um, but it was just kind of fucking boring. I thought. Yeah. Like it's okay, like but again, I'm not a child, so the film's probably not not missing. Mean... No, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was something really lacking about this um i mean again like yeah like you said we're adults we're probably not the demographic for this film but i feel like the beauty in the beast film had a lot more about it and again like i'm not huge on beauty in the beast you know um or princesses or anything like that but that had a certain magic to it you know when the clocks come to life and the teapots of course, it's not realistic, but you're sort of like, okay, well, I can believe in that in this world, in this context. For me, there was nothing spectacular about the way that Dumbo's flying. Yeah. For me, that should be like the centerpiece, the money shot. It's like, yeah, this fucking elephant's flying. And I feel like another director would have employed some slow motion or some like big dramatic music for when this happens, or just something visually to show you, the audience, that this is the reason you came to see this film. Yeah. And for me, though, that was missing. It was just quite 
just quite standard. Everything, you know, the way he filmed it, the way it was edited was just quite generic. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed. I also thought that the little girl was not a very good actress. Oh, really? I thought she was okay. Just every line she delivered was in the exact same tone, the exact same like facial expression. And I mean, it's quite harsh to single out a what 10 year old girl, but she's quite a major part in it. And we know from the girl who plays um, uh, Lyanna Mormont in Game of Thrones or Chloe Grace Moretz from. Uh, kick ass like there are child actors who can give good performances yeah. and I feel like she was quite wooden yeah I I, don't know. I, I I agree there was just something a bit lacking about the film like I found myself clock watching quite a bit I was kind of like when is this going to finish um, yeah uh, I, I don't know why they decided to have Colin Farrell no arm I don't really understand how that was really pivotal to the film in any sort of way, shape, or form. Maybe that's like what happened in the animated version. I don't know. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, it means that he couldn't perform his act. No. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think Disney do have a a fetish about people losing their arms because Bucky loses his arm. You got um, Anakin loses his arm in Star Wars. You know, well, like, rip- Anakin losing his arm was before it was Disney. Oh, that's true. Okay, fair point. Also, um, I would have also liked to have a bit more explanation about why Dumbo could fly, because just the fact that he's just got massive ears. Obviously, I know it's a Disney film, so you don't really care about that. But, you know, especially because um, the girl was so, like, uh, into, like, science and stuff, I thought maybe she'd want to, like, explore why the fact this elephant can fly, you know? Yeah. And I thought that people... <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a Disney film, so I shouldn't really be picking holes about it like this, but like, everyone was just like, really amazed at the fact this elephant could fly, but nobody was scared. <laughs> I'd be terrified <laughs> if there was a flying elephant, you know, but hey, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's probably quite harsh to pick holes in it, but I think, you know, a Tim Burton film, that carries a certain expectation with it, and I don't feel like there was too much in it that I was like oh that's such a Burton-esque thing to do or even just again like a Disney fairy tale like again they're like a magic this film wasn't funny it wasn't thrilling it wasn't particularly dramatic there was just like I was just watching it I was like what is the point like you know you can see from the trailer from Aladdin that they're trying to incorporate some of the really well-known songs and that's going to give people a certain element of nostalgia but I don't know if Dumbo has any songs in the animated version, but you know, there's just nothing for me that was like or maybe it's because I haven't seen it, the original, but I was just like what's the point? Um, and like, Michael Keaton was having a lot of fun being the villain, but again, it was just like a bit OTT, a bit pantomime. Um, yeah, it's just, and also there's so many circus performers that are just all in the background, and I was thinking I would have quite like if you're going to expand this story so much, because the uh, animated version is only 62 minutes or something, um, and this is over two hours, like... I'm mad that films are only an hour long. <laughs> I know. But it's like, if you're going to add so many kind of side characters, at least introduce us to them or whatever, and or they could have explored his daughter's 
fascination with science a bit more rather than dismissing it most of the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was just to me, I was like, why was this film necessary? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'm hoping that what's the next Disney film is Aladdin, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit better. <laughs> yeah. I want an anime version of Aladdin. And then there's Lion King. Which is probably, again, like going to be contentious because the animated one is so beloved. It's going to be fantastic. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I just know that even if it's shit, you're going to say it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think I don't think it'll be shit. I think it'll be, I think it'll be literally a carbon copy of the original. Yeah, Chris, what you been watching? Well, I haven't been watching, mate. That's the question. I actually can't remember. What I've been um. So today I rewatched. Um, I'll talk about two things. So this is the first one. Uh, so I rewatched the first episode of Afterlife today. Okay. You wanted to watch it? On a second watch, it's a little better. Like, I think the first time, I think I was a bit shocked by it, like how like bitty and like how he's so like shit to other people. But this time, yeah. there's, like more of a comedic value to it, and I'm feeling a bit more sorry for him. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, not that I didn't feel sorry for him in the first place, but I just think I think I'm of the opinion that like I'm, I'm of the opinion that this is quite sloppy, but I'm of the opinion that if you're if you get hurt, you should then act nicer to people because you've been hurt, not you've been hurt so you're gonna hurt others kind of thing. Yeah. So it's it's better. So I think I'm gonna actually attempt to finish. I'm gonna attempt to watch it all and finish it. I think people say it gets better if you go along. Yes, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I I watched two episodes of it initially, and then I decided to carry on watching it. But the first episode I did also have a problem with because, again, for me, I don't watch much Ricky Gervais, but for me, his kind of brand of comedy is just insulting people yeah. and like being really dismissive of anyone else's opinion. Um, and the first episode kind of is is like that you know he's just horrible to people for no reason apart from the fact that he's sad about himself and his situation and i found it really difficult to empathize with that um but as the series goes on i feel like he does redeem the character a bit and there's a certain poignancy to it um i also feel like this whole series should come with a trigger warning because the amount that they just discuss suicide as like a way out and as in such a blase way i feel like anybody who's suffering with those sort of thoughts would probably watch this and think oh okay you know yeah i, I, does... I, I get where you're coming from with it but i think what this series meant to show is that it's not necessarily the way out yeah true but he pretty much says it's like you know like the only reason i haven't killed myself is the dog needed food or you know i'll just kill myself then and i'm just like yeah. That's quite, you know, I don't know, especially in today's society where there's so much more awareness and understanding and discussion about those sort of things. I feel like, as with like um, 13 Reasons Why, you might want to have a little thing at the beginning saying, you know, so there's a lot of frank discussion about ending your own life. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. But I think you yeah, should watch I, it. Um, only... Because like, I do agree with you, because like, if someone doesn't have one, and this is just a generic thing, but if someone didn't have a dog, like empathizing the way that he's doing it it's kind of like 
yeah, yeah. What what is what is my meaning to being here? Kind of thing. Yes. Uh, which everyone has a re everyone. There's, there's more reasons to stay there. Also, there's certain reasons why I definitely were out there. But um, yeah, it's pretty deep. I go. No, I was going to say. So I heard that it's getting a season two. So, well, yeah. yeah. So I don't I'm, know what you, what you guys think about that. I am very surprised that he's doing it. Because he seems to like be the sort of guy that knows when to end things. Like I think extras was only two or three seasons, or the office was two seasons. Like he knows not to kind of flog a dead horse. And I feel like this ended really well, and I don't really see where they'd go with series two. Have you ever thought thought it's not about him season two? Possibly, but I don't know. I'm just sort of like, no, just leave it. Okay. It, it it was it was done well enough. Um, although Obi Uri would not like it. Yeah, no. I'm not, I don't plan on watching. Yeah, he's very uh, very dismissive about yeah. anything that's not yeah. his opinion. Yeah, and he's a bit bully. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, the other thing I watched uh, was the Bodyguard. I watched the majority of the episodes. It was- it is on Netflix, but it was on BBC before, yeah. So it was a series that like, a lot of people like recommended and said it's really good, but because I don't really watch uh, terrestrial TV, it's a bit like... I saw um, people talk about it, and it's actually like a... It's a pretty good series, actually. There's a few bits in it where I'm a bit like, oh, okay, like, what's going on here? Like, very one-toned... Um, he's a very one-toned character, the main guy, for a good chunk of it. I'm is like, it um, thingy? Yeah, Staff, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, he's in it and he's really good actually. Mm. Um, it's really like, I'm, I've got 20 minutes in the last episode to go, and they've, oh, right. and they've got a season two coming out, kind of. Yeah, mm. I, think about, I think it's six, yeah, yeah, they're not they're not too long. It's a really I, good series, I, I won't yeah. say too much. Just, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and um, yeah, I don't know, have you seen it, Glenn? Yes, I watched it um, when it was on BBC One. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's one of those... So it's from the writer of Line of Duty, which is another BBC show focusing on um, an anti-corruption police branch. Um, and that's on series five now. But that is also really, really good. So yeah. what the writer... It, the writer seems to do a lot of research on his subject matter and like the way that the characters talk and... You know, obviously, I, I can't fact check and say, oh, what they're saying is right. But for me, it's, it comes across as authentic. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and each episode is like quite thrilling, normally ends on a cliffhanger. And from what, you know, the Bodyguard shows and also several series of Line of Duties, you just cannot guess where it's going to go because like characters will kind of, you know, be in Line of Duty. They'll be killed off before you expect them to be or they'll turn out to be kind of um, undercover or, you know, bad or villainous or whatever. And I think throughout a lot of the bodyguard, there's uh, a question mark about the main character and to whether he is, what his motives are. Yeah. Do you get that? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And also, episode six has really thrown me off. I won't say about what sank in it and it's thrown me off because I haven't finished the episode I'm like what the fuck is going on 
Um, yeah. yeah, there's lots of, twists, lots of twists, lots of turns, lots of skullduggery. Hang on, I think you're... I, th I think I'm uh, not hearing everything you're saying. I haven't said anything, mate. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say, yeah, so I've been watching Line of Duty Series 4, um, and that's really good. Uh, same writer, like I said, um, following AC-12, which is anti-corruption. So each series focuses on, like, a, a main kind of police officer that they're investigating. Um, Um, so, hello. Sorry, can Karen. we? We can you repeat like your last sentences because we didn't hear it. We didn't get it. Oh, I was just gonna say like each episode ends with a cliffhanger, um, and you're really like, itching to watch the next one, um, and it yeah it goes in unexpected places. So I think if you enjoyed the bodyguard or you enjoy kind of a police procedural. Um, Definitely give them a go. The first four series are on Netflix. So, yeah, each each series is six episodes as well. I, I think I've, it's on my list of stuff to watch. Yeah, I'll try and watch it at some point. Yeah. Of course. Cool. Do you want to do you wanna talk about On My Block Series 2? Uh, yeah, I will do quickly. Um, so, uh, see, so yeah, On My Block... I talked about it like ages ago. So it's basically just a um, thirty-minute, uh, I would say it's probably a drama about um, teenagers growing up in uh, in Los Angeles, I think. Um, in I think maybe Crenshaw, I think. So like one of the pretty rundown areas. So like there's a lot of like gang culture, gang life, that sort of thing. So basically about how um, they obviously deal with their their own lives, like their personal relationships, as well as everything that's going on around them so like all like the you know um so there's a lot of like um, gang beef and stuff like that and so at the end of season one um two of the main characters got shot um as a result of, so one character called uh reuben another character called olivia they got shot as a result of their friend um caesar who um is in one of the gangs and basically he didn't he was tasked with killing someone he didn't kill that person and then that person came and tried to kill Caesar, but he ended up shooting his two mates. And so we didn't know who had, like, if, who, if any, either of them had died at the end of season one. So season two comes yeah. and we find out that um, Olivia died, um, the girl who became part of the group, but obviously in the time before the series started, like, she wasn't, like, part of their original friendship group. She kind of just moved there and they all became friends. Um, and they kind of, um, I think the actress who plays her um, is a Trump turn like is a Trump supporter and stuff like that, and she supports like building the wall and stuff like that in real okay. life. So I think that's I think that's one of the reasons why they killed her off. Um, and another oh. reason, yeah. So and which is funny because obviously she's a she's a big um, advocate of Trump and the wall and stuff like that. But her character um, plays a um, I think a Puerto Rican American Puerto Rican girl whose parents have been deported. So. Kind of like a juxtaposition. 
Um, but yeah, and I think they're quite dismissive of her death, and I think quite in a rude way. So I'm wondering if maybe her like off TV antics have kind of led to them being quite dismissive about her character because um, they don't yeah. really talk about her. Nobody really mourns for her, which I thought was a bit bit weird, I guess. But you know, shit. And yeah, season two just kind of follows uh, this group, this uh, group of friends are trying to deal with. Um, their friend's death, and obviously one of them, uh, Ruby, is trying to deal with the fact that he got shot and trying to overcome his fear, basically. And Caesar, who has now been kicked out of the gang and is now the target of his the rival gang, he's got nowhere to turn, he's got nowhere to live, and he's basically just trying to find a way to stay alive. And it's like 10 episodes, all like, like 20 to 30 minutes. And it's really interesting. There's one character called um, Jamal who finds uh, some hidden money, basically, at the end of season one. And he's trying to basically find a way to make the money uh, clean and leave so they can actually make money. So that's the kind of the underlying thread of the season as well. And yeah, it's a decent, it's a decent well, show, I, I would say. It's quite an easy watch. Because yeah, I remember you really enjoyed the first series. So yeah. does, it, does it kind of continue that momentum? Um, I would say so, yeah. I think I, I, just, I really enjoyed the characters. I think um, they're all like, quite funny in their own way and I think they've, all, they've got really good chemistry together and there's one character called Jasmine who's kind of like the outsider of the group but she's just like basically like the comedic really for the whole show and she's just quite like, um, quite likeable but in a, in a way that she's just really annoying and she like her um, and yeah okay. I, I quite enjoy this I think the storyline the storyline is strong they've set it up for a season 3 I'm not really sure where they're going to go with it but they definitely set it up for season 3 yeah um, one thing that I, I do have a, not a real issue with is just the fact that um, there's two characters, Caesar and Monta, and they're in a relationship and they're so young. And I'm just like, this is just so like, you're too, you're too intense. Like, they're too young. They're both up there, like 14. I'm just like, you guys are so young to be in such an intense relationship. And they're getting someone else. But yeah. Apart from oh, that, they, they're supposed to be 14. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, they're young, man. Well, I guess it's like. Um... Like uh, like Wortley Road or um, even Biker Grove, like they dealt with some pretty deep, dark issues around like a kind of secondary school age. That's true. Um, setting. Um, yeah. Do you know if the actors are in fact fourteen or are they playing um, younger? The, the actor who plays Caesar, I'm pretty sure he's like at least eighteen. I'm pretty sure eighteen or nineteen. But I think the other ones okay. are around. 15. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Well, um, how long has it been? Is it was it a year since the last series? I think so. About a year, I would say. I think, yeah. So you'd watch a season three then, which hopefully would be next year. Yeah, I definitely would. Um, I would I would say that I probably enjoyed the first season a little bit more than the second season, but the second season still holds up. Okay. And talking of people who have been uh dismissed from a show because of their private life actions mm. what's the latest with empire have they house of cards <laughs> oh and house of cards but no yeah empire um so yeah Do... um go on what's... i was gonna say is is the what's the name jesse jesse smollett smollett is he like have they filmed past like is the show past where his kind of personal life has been in terms of like the allegations that 
he was either racially attacked or framed himself to be racially attacked. Um, yeah. I, has Empire dealt with that on show yet? It doesn't seem like that. I'm one episode behind, but his character's still in the show. He's alive, he's well, he's healthy. But there is a thing where... See, this so right at the start of the season, um, they basically did this flash forward where we know that one of the characters has died, basically, but we didn't know who yeah. it was. So I'm wondering, so then obviously, you know, the episodes have gone by and then this whole, you know, racial attack thing has happened. So I'm wondering now maybe if they do like a bait and switch and actually make it so he's the one who, who dies. If they might, because maybe they might yeah. have originally be the person who died. Is it fair to kind of kick him off the show, though, with where none of these allegations have been proven either way? Hey, the way I see it, I, I've tweeted my my uh my thought is basically that i hope he gets away with it <laughs> personally because i like him and i like his character on the show so i hope they keep on yeah because it was this whole like he was attacked but then the police were like oh no 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 he set it up himself yeah. but then they settled it yeah and he wasn't indicted about or he wasn't convicted of anything so something's going that kind on. of makes me that kind of makes me seem like he's innocent. So for Empire to sort of be like, you're not coming back, is sort of saying that they don't believe him. Well, there was a tweet from the um, Empire. I don't know how long ago this was. It might have been maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, there was a tweet from the Empire writers like Twitter account basically saying that they have no plans currently to write, to write him off the show. But I don't know how. I don't know how. Uh, I don't really know what's going on, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's a weird one, man. Um, okay, well, maybe, I guess, if you get to that point in Empire, then uh, we can discuss it then. Um, do you guys want to discuss anything else um, that you've seen recently? Uh, What's that, Chris? One second. No, he's talking to me. Sorry. One second. Uh, not really. Um, I would quickly like to say... Oh. Uh, so like one, th- uh, two things. Basically, um, I'm always finished watching House of Cards. It's not very good. Uh, <laughs> which what? Which series? The, the last one. Last series, the last series. Yeah. I'm on the last episode. Okay. Of last and yeah, it's not been great. Not, it's been, been a bit of a slow. Oh. It's a shame. Uh, and the CW shows. So one thing that I've realised from so I'm all caught up with them now. Black Black Lightning's finished now. Um, it's a decent second season, but you know, I think the first season was a lot more well put together, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to see where they're going now with season three because there's basically this whole um, uh, these like uh, terrorists, I guess, from a made up country called Markovia, and they've basically come in and stolen all of these meta humans to try and build an army. And one of the secret agents, um, uh, earlier episodes, basically. Trying to trying to draft um, the the Black Lightning family into help fight the war, which is I'm pretty sure House of Three is going to be. So okay. The problem I think just with these CW shows is that I would argue that Supergirl is the worst of these five shows, but I think currently it has the best villain and the most compelling villain, which annoys me because I feel like they could do so much more with what they've got, and I feel like I'm not really living up to their potential. Which is frustrating. 
Um, and apart from that, I don't know, do you want to talk about the Apple streaming thing? Because that was pretty big news that we haven't really talked about. The whole... Uh, oh, yeah. Apple yeah, thing. go on. Um, they basically... Yeah, George. George. Yeah, they've um, had a big announcement thing the other day. And, well, what's it? They're putting out new, like, a video game platform. They're putting out uh, streaming, uh, streaming platform, their own streaming platform. Um, they're working with like things like Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, Steven Spielberg as well, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. To put, to yeah. put out. Oh, and Oprah Winfrey as well. Put out their own original content, um, which I think is I think they've been a debut it uh, in the autumn. But yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? It's another streaming service that people might have to pay for. What I'm thinking is that I mean maybe it's a good thing because now that you've got Disney owning Fox, there's arguably less competition. Um, and I think there is a significant kind of threat to the established kind of cinema or the big studios. Um, you know, obviously Amazon do well, Netflix done very well. So it's interesting to see where Apple go with it, like whether they kind of do the Netflix approach of just throw money at pretty much everything and see what sticks mm. or... Like Amazon, I don't know their content that well, but they don't seem to have quite as much original content as Netflix, which makes me think that maybe they're a bit more considered about who they work with or what sort of shows they develop. So seeing what avenue Apple take will be really interesting. Um, I personally just want to put on record that Steven Spielberg seems to be a bit of a hypocrite. Oh, um, same thing. Because he was dissing... Netflix and say like oh you know it's yeah, not yeah. cinema blah 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 and then uh you know Apple offer him a couple of billy and he's like yeah sure so and I bet money on, he'll want some of his content to be up for like Oscars and stuff as well exactly so you're gonna suck your mum <laughs> well yeah for um, me um I was just gonna say that uh <laughs> I need, I'm hoping that there's some sort of free trial where I can see what it is that I'll be paying for. I think I need to know, again, the same with the Disney thing. I need to know how much it's going to cost and what's going to be on there. Because for me, I think, obviously, I haven't used Amazon. I don't know if Chris has got it, so maybe you can give a bit of insight into it. But I think Netflix has got good value for money. I don't know. I don't, don't really venture too much into the Amazon stuff, but I'm... I only have Amazon. I really have Amazon Prime for delivery, so it's just a bonus. That's the thing, though, isn't it? It's like Amazon has the prime element of fast delivery in addition to the content. So you could argue that would Apple include Apple Music as part of the package or um, the, the console streaming service as well? Would they bundle that all together? Would it be available on iTunes? That sort of thing. Mm. Um, because this is just going to be an Apple product only thing, like so I won't be able to watch it on the, my TV or. Well, actually, I don't think. No. And do you reckon they're going to purchase other content from other people, or are they just going to produce it all their own? Also, I reckon they'll start out with their own original stuff, and when, and when is the key word there? The stuff isn't that successful. I think they'll just start purchasing stuff. Yeah, so you th- you think that that might not succeed very well? Not really, no. Why is that? I, I just feel like I don't know. I just feel like Netflix is the daddy, and I just feel like nothing 
it's going to cut. I mean, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Apple. But I just feel like nothing's going to be able to topple Netflix at the minute. Uh, yeah. But it seems like, you know, the announcement, they announced quite a lot at once. So it seems like they've been taking their time, um, which is probably a good thing. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think it would definitely put me off if I was only able to watch it on my phone or my iPad or something. Because um, they, they do tend to be one of those sort of companies that is like, use our products and nothing else. Like, we're not going to, yeah. you know, be available on other softwares or other devices. And there was a thing like, they've already yeah. spent like, uh, I think it's like 2 billion or something like that. They've already, apparently, they've already gone over budget on their, on all this con- the, the content. Obviously, I haven't paid me. Bloody hell, two billion. Something like that. I think that's what I tweeted it the other day. One second. Oh, sorry, no. Their budget was they, their budget was one billion. And apparently, they've already gone over it. Oh my god. Yeah. So, so they're gonna launch a fully fledged platform in the autumn. You said. That's yeah. That's okay. Interesting. Yeah, like you said, if there's a free trial or whatever, like I would be intrigued, but um. I guess it's going to take a while for them to build up their library. And they haven't announced any partnerships that I know of with like existing studios or TV companies. So you're not really sure what content they have. Do you think that, um, so obviously like back in the day, I said back in the day, maybe like 10 years ago, before like Netflix and all that stuff. Do you think that paying 40 or whatever pound a month or, you know, like cable TV, like Sky and Virgin, stuff like that, is more uh, more value for money than if you were to have, like, you know, TV Plus and Netflix and Amazon, YouTube, DC Universe and Disney and all that stuff. I mean, at the time, like, I wasn't paying for it, mm. um, which is a big thing. And you know, if you don't know anything else or any better, then you think, oh, yeah, you know, I can watch um, BBC One or I can watch Discovery Channel, whatever. Like, the option was like, okay, cool. It's not just your standard five channels or four channels if you're Ollie. Um, (laughs) And, you know, so I thought, yeah, fair enough. But now, considering you've got the option to watch a show whenever you want, you don't have to wait till nine o'clock or you know there's no ad breaks or whatever um and you can watch content you actually want so if you you know say you're sitting in on tuesday you might have like access to like 400 channels but if all of them playing something you don't really want to watch then you're sort of like okay well just do something else whereas now there's going to be at least one thing that you're interested in watching on netflix Mm. um and other channels so i think personally i would rather pay that price to have access to all of the streaming services rather than your terrestrial TVs and that. Awesome. What do you think? Um, I think I'm probably the same vein as you. Obviously, I don't know anybody who's got, you know, obviously I know Chris who's got Amazon and Netflix, but as I said a minute ago, he doesn't really watch Amazon. I don't know anyone who posts for like the YouTube Plus app. Any of that stuff. So pretty much Netflix or Bust for most people. Maybe like Now TV or something. And yeah, when I so like literally this week, I sat down in my living room for the first time in about a month, and I decided to see what was on terrestrial TV. And it was literally it was about I think it was like seven thirty in the evening, and there was literally nothing that I wanted to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I was watching 
it the other day as well because my internet went down. I watched C4 and then it not be banged through or Sheldon or something like that. Mm. So it's not they're not the greatest selections. Yeah. I think yeah, like we haven't really like terrestrial TV is basically going to die out. Like, streaming is the way forward now, which is why every you know every company is trying to jump on it. But I just worry that you're going to get obviously it's good because you because you're going to have like loads of different original content coming from different areas. But it will get to the point where you know I'm paying eight pound for Netflix, you know, and then you're going to have to pay another seven pound for Amazon. You're going to have to pay well, you don't have to, but you know. Um, YouTube is going to be another five pound a month. The Disney one's going to be another five pound a month. The DC one, if they ever come to internationally, it's going to be another five pound a month. Mm. Apple one, five pound a month. And in the end, if you wanted to have the choice of having all that content, you'd, you'd end up paying them basically about the same amount as you would for um, yeah. uh, cable TV. And especially if they decide to sell, if the like speaking sports sports wise, if um, the Premier League decide to sell some of their broadcasting rights to you know Amazon and stuff like that, which has been True. Yeah. been touted and stuff. Yeah, but I would arguably pay like a. I would probably pay like thirty pound a month to watch something if it had films, TV, and sport. Because mm. currently, if you were to buy a Sky package or even Now TV, so I have a Now TV Entertainment Pass, which is eight pounds a month. Um, but then, if you want the movies pass, that's another ten pounds. If you want the sports pass, that's another twenty five. So you're paying there what like over forty quid. Yeah. Um, so if Netflix or I think Amazon did buy a couple of Premier League games this year, didn't they? Or for next year. Um, so, yeah, if they're having support, you know, not just Premier League, but you can watch, I don't know, Italian football, Spanish football or basketball or ice hockey, whatever. I would be interested in that because um, I think that's something that currently Netflix and these ones are missing. Um, you know, you've got films. Great. You've got TV. Great. Documentaries. Great. They don't have live TV, so they don't have like news, which yeah. for not everyone's going to be interested in that. But, you know, that is a big thing that people still watch terrestrial TV for. Um, so if Netflix or Amazon had like a live news section or something, that might be interesting. Or Disney, if they own ESPN, if they integrate that within Disney Plus, you know, there's potential. And I think people ESPN? would. Because pack... they're taking over Fox. So they no, just they Sorry. Yeah, so that might be a way of getting people to pay for your your streaming service. That's a that's a way of um, identifying yourself a, apart from the others. Awesome. Yeah, I do think though that eventually one of the big big companies, your Apples, your Googles, are going to try and purchase one of them. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably Netflix as well. Mm. So, you know. Um, which would be interesting. But yeah, um, anything else you guys want to mention before we wrap up? Uh, no, not really. What's What's on the schedule for the next coming week? What are you try going to try and see? We're going to try and see next uh, I want to see Hellboy. Hellboy. I think that's the only thing that's really out this week. I want to I I watch a cartoon, but I don't think I'll have time to do it this week. It's My Hero Academia. Okay. It's got a film coming out. I haven't checked it. Because it is, I might go and see it. There's a film called The Sister Brothers with John C. Riley, which I think it's kind of interesting, but it's not out. It's not in uh, anywhere local. Ah, uh, terrible title that. We set up our what, own the, cinema. What The Sister Brothers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dreadful title. Um, I am going to see Shazam. I am going to try and watch Pet Cemetery. 
um which is not your thing ob uh i'm gonna try and watch hellboy and i want to see the white crow but again i don't think that's out like locally to where i am either Mm. Uh, it's like a ballet it's about like this ballet dancer who defects from russia to the uk or to somewhere in europe and um it's sort of like a soviet cold war spy thrillery thing sounds interesting Oh, cool. Glenn, quickly, sorry, Glenn. Um, so, do you want to quickly give your thoughts on Umbrella Academy since you finished the first season? Talked about oh, it. yeah, yeah. I finally got around to finishing it. Um, not for lack of interest, but just because each episode being an hour long was a bit like... I feel like, overall, I really liked the show. I liked, you know, the lots of different characters. I thought Five was great. Um, I really liked Klaus. Um... I thought they had good chemistry. There are a couple of weak characters, like Alison I thought was quite weak, um, Luther, um, and I think I knew that Varney would have powers, um, and also I knew that the guy that, sh- that sort of took an interest in her obviously um, had some ulterior motives. I am interested to see a season two, but I sort of was a bit confused as to the whole apocalypse thing so like i think they took far too long to actually sort of kick that into motion it sort of felt like they didn't have enough content to write 10 episodes worth about the apocalypse um and then i was also confused because it was like save howard whatever his name is or protect him so that's what charter and hazel had to do but then they didn't protect him but then the apocalypse still happened so i was thinking like did, were they actually trying to stop the apocalypse by protecting this you know, Howard Guy, or what was his name, Leonard in the actual thing. Um, you know, was Vanya always going to be the one to set the apocalypse off? Is it an inevitability? I don't know. It's just a bit confused as to how that was all playing out because it seems like they should have stopped it, but they didn't. And for it to happen anyway, I was a bit like, oh, okay. Um, kind of seemed a bit pointless. Um, I also think each episode was a bit over long and it sort of felt like they're trying to fill fill out each episode. Um, and I feel like they either could have shortened the amount of episodes they had or shortened the length of each of them. But overall, I did enjoy it. I thought, you know, Hazel and Cha-Cha actually quite liked their interplay. Um, their storyline was quite interesting. Um, their use of music was really good. Uh, yeah, I did enjoy it overall. So... Am I right in thinking that the lady that is it Cha-Cha likes in the donut shop? Hazel. Yeah, 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 yeah. She is actually the woman who is actually the one who organises. No. 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 <laughs> She's not the hand. Oh, because I thought she was because the suitcase was up in the um in the air vent as the scene went away as they left the room. There was a suitcase in the air vent. So I just assumed Hazel was that person she'd been playing all this time. I didn't get that, to be honest. Okay. But I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, I don't know, yeah. Fair yeah, I would watch a season two, though. Yeah, same. I really, I really enjoyed it. I personally. saw the ending coming, though. Yeah, yeah it was decent. Yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts on it, because you hadn't spoken about it. But, yeah. yeah, I'd forgotten I'd finished that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> took, took me long enough. All right. Well, thanks for listening to episode 78. You can tweet us 
at uh, YC Podcast 17. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Your Average Critics. Uh, join us again next week. Peace. Yeah. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.